maybe what I should start doing is in um, my day to day work is just always have the recording on, and then I don't even know whether I'm being recorded. Yeah, or maybe not. maybe that will work. But you could have it a very you could actually have quite an interesting setup where your computer will randomly turn the recording on at some point and you won't realize. And then whatever. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and then it just sends the recordings of you to your friends. Yeah, that's uh, good. It's even better if you have your camera on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, I actually had this situation. I actually had this exact situation at work uh, this week, where I'm using OBS Studio to record like screen caps of whatever we're working on. Mm -hmm. But, and I never had this before, but when you it will actually pick up the audio too of the of what you're saying into the speaker um but i was on a remote desktop so i figured it wouldn't matter that it wasn't picking up the audio through my speaker on my computer um so while i was recording i was just like humming a tune to myself oh okay <laughs> and uh and then i sent this out to my my manager etc and they were looking at the results and stuff and they they, 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 they commented they like, on the fact that like, sure, like, are you sure you have the right career? Because that coming pretty spot on. <laughs> they were like, or at least we transferred you to the um, the audio department. Uh, we, we, we've got a better to the music generation department. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even it's not even for your machine learning skills. It's just you know we need a baseline. We need <laughs> like the the golden staple of what music is like to be able to to train our algorithms. Yeah. Um, yeah, so here I here I am sitting uh, with feet on my screen. Uh, so I'm going to actually close this down um, oh. <laughs> a second so I can not get yeah, distracted. Yeah, so yeah, so the the topic of generatively adversarial networks, like generating images and shit, I think is a quite a good one. Like. Um, we do live in a weird world um, where more and more of the shit that we can see in the, the, the real world, we can start making fake things of, like we can now make faces and uh, feet and other body parts. Basically, you can fake pretty much any single part of a human, convincingly enough such that somebody who is not an expert in the subject would not be able to tell the difference and that's so it's it's unprecedented we've never been able to create so much fake media so easily mm. it's um yeah i think it's it's surprising for our generation a generation where you weren't able to, weren't able to do this level of um seamless creation of very complex images like this i i try to always find an analogy of the past to see if there's an, a, a kind of an analogy that we see mm -hmm. in the past where a new type of media came out and people thought, okay, well, this is going to be revolutionary in terms of how we now create and present media to one another. And th this is, maybe this is, I don't know, I want to get your opinion on this because like there is potentially an analogy of like, okay, Photoshop gets invented and now digital mm -hmm. images and content can be completely transformed using just a few simple tools. Mm -hmm. Um, I can add you to my photo. And, you know, if there was a internet platform at the time, there probably would have been outcries online about the fact maybe that this new tool could allow you to just create fake content. In the end, though, 
society adapted towards it such that we don't take images at face value anymore. Like we could assume that an image is false. Like if you send me an image of a um, a cloud in the shape of a a dinosaur, I would say, okay, this is mm -hmm. uh, this is an unreal image. Um, but I mean, I mean, that's kind of an extreme example because that's not even physically possible. But um, I don't know. I just feel like images lose sort of value for me in that sense. Um, so maybe this, what I'm trying to get at, is maybe you get to this case where the bar is raised in terms of how we um, deal with video and what we, how we um, believe video. I want to say video media and stuff. That's know. a very good point, and the analogy to Photoshop in particular, I think, is quite a good one, because. And like herein lies the sort of uh, base of my counter argument is I can guarantee you that you've seen a photoshopped image that you've not realized what's photoshopped. And, you know, you may have made some inferences based on thinking that this is a, uh, a legitimate image, right? Mm -hmm. And this, for you who like have been taught a lot about critical thinking and, you know, sort of really thinking about what you're seeing, a large portion of the population uh, does take everything at face value. Like we can see it in politics a lot, right? Um, of uh, it does seem to be more convincing if you slap a photoshopped image of like Hillary Clinton eating babies next to like you know the writing of like she's a child eater. That does seem to convince more people than if you do it just like a random message, right? Uh -huh. So like fake images do have an impact. It's not like society has fully adapted. Some portions of society have become better at, at spotting it. I do agree with you. But even with Photoshop, which does take time and some skill to be able to, you know, create a convincing enough image, um, it's like, it still does have an impact on things. Like people do, people are affected by, by the existence of these images. And now with machine learning, it's become a much more automated thing where anybody with some free time can just take these models and run them and you know generate some content and and just spread it out there mm. so i do agree with you that the historical context should be considered and that this is not like a qualitative but a quantitative change and like just you can do it with less skill more quickly but oftentimes quantitative changes can lead to qualitative developments as well of like you know you can say the computer is just a faster way of communicating with one another like video conferencing is just sending letters but much much faster right so there is a, just a qual like a quantitative change there but it's definitely resulted in in some qualitative changes as well mm. actually i think in yeah i actually think you've just persuaded me in what you said right there that I've actually switched to the other side, um, that you actually do raise a good point that although you see this analogous sort of um, mm -hmm. change to Photoshop being introduced and, and this uh, the quality of generation of um, like machine learning um, models, um, yeah, actually it doesn't take away, the, I think I'm being a bit idealistic, it doesn't take away from the fact that that media still ha still influences people um and that i yeah and that i think like the example i gave of the dinosaur in the shape of a cloud i think was like a um uh what's the word for it sort of like a 
a false, like, like a, a poor example to almost kind of get. I, I feel like it's a, a good example to make the side that I'm talking about seem strong, but I feel like it's a quite selective example in that you can see a simple case of just very subtle editing of an image that might go mm -hmm. unnoticed that could actually considerably influence someone. Um, I mean, I, you were sort of saying, though, about the Hillary eating baby situation. If I got you correctly, you were saying, though, that even in the case of a Hillary eating baby's image, that still has an influence on someone, even if it's... I, I do think it's... Yeah, I do think it's more likely to persuade somebody. It's mm. it's a difficult thing because, like, you know, with echo chambers and sort of, like, extremist views, it's difficult to place yourself in the shoes of the person considering the image. So, you know, like... I, I am sort of speaking out of my eyes a lot here, like it's not based on, on statistical findings or anything. Yeah. But um, I don't know, like maybe if I try to relate it to something that I've experienced. Oh, for example, the, the example of the shape of the dinosaur thing. Like mm. you sometimes go on the internet and you see an uh, image or like a fact and you're like, oh, that's really cool, I didn't know that, right? And you then you take that away. And like, if that image of the dinosaur was done, you know, fairly convincing, it's not just like a cardboard cutout with like a cloud shader on top of it or something like that, but it's actually, so it has some fluffiness. And uh, the image on, like the text on the bottom says like in 1987, yeah. somebody recorded like this cloud that has the exact same shape of the image. You'd be like, oh, that's a pretty cool fact, you know, like, you you may actually be be convinced. Uh, I, I was just gonna say I feel like if you threw a story into the mix, you know, um, in yeah eighteen fifty two, Duke, Duke, the Duke of Vanderwire, like, who had just discovered the ability to take pinhole photos and and something, and then and then the first thing he took a photo of was like yeah you know, yeah of, uh, it is it, actually pretty convincing, um, but. I actually want to talk about the. So I actually realized there is a scenario where image manipulation has been used for political agenda, and it's very recently in the latest election. I was reading about um, advertisements sent out by the Trump campaign in Trump mm -hmm. regions had manipulated images of Biden to make him look mm -hmm. older and more frail. Um, yeah. Which and 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 I mean you don't even need to actually manipulate the image. I mean that's an example where you consciously manipulate the image, but you can also just be selective about the images. So if you go on Fox Ooh, News versus true, yeah. CNN, and you mm -hmm. look on Fox mm -hmm. News, Trump is smiling, right? You've got the two Kansas face to face. Donald Trump will be smiling. Joe Biden will be, you know, probably um, some kind of looking tired, yeah, or something. Like that. Yeah, a photo that some would not appreciate to be uh, yeah. tagged on on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas in CNN, the opposite is true. There's Donald Trump looking maybe defeated or grumpy or annoying, and Joe Biden looking fresh. Yeah. Um, which, which that, yeah, I mean, that's just another example of manipulation by just being selective of the contents. So that's like content censorship to appease to, you know, your audience, etc., or like the agenda that's, that you're trying yeah. to get forward. That's actually a really good point, and that has been something that's been around around for a long time. Mm -hmm. So then you could argue that you know, the image generation is just like the modern man's image selection thing, 
and I, I do think I do think there are analogies there, but again, I do think this gives you much more power, right? Like if you're the content curator, if you can now generate your own fake content, content rather than trying to, rather than having to rely on um, already existing ex content that you need to sort of select mm -hmm. through, you have much much more power to sell any story that you may potentially want. Yeah. So this actually kind of leads me directly into the the thing that. I think is the most interesting about GANs and you know just generative models uh, and state-of-the-art kind of image um, uh, generation in machine learning is actually how this will affect the art community um, and how they will take take this tool and whether they will incorporate it, whether it will replace them. You know that these this. At first, you know, I was very much on the side of that they would incorporate these things and mm -hmm. that they would build upon these tools and good tools will lead them to even better art that wasn't possible before. But mm -hmm. I, I started to see some of the quality of what's being produced and I came across recently two papers uh, in the video game industry. One was about generative um, concept art Right, so like concept art in games, you know, like just art you draw before yeah. um, the game to kind of flesh it out. And using GANs to generate concept art where you could get, um, say, an image of a person and a environment, like uh, say some kind of sci-fi space environment, put these two together and it would create a actually considerably realistic like sci-fi human. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you could sort of patch together different images, like say put a mountain here and kind of make your own landscape and then throw on top of it a skin and change the theme. Um, and the results were really impressive. Um, and then the second paper I came across was also generative trading cards. So it was, um, think of like um, Hearthstone, like or magic or monsters yeah. or magic mm -hmm. monsters. Mm -hmm. They were generating the actual images of the monsters in the game, um, and you just nice. had to, you had to label. All mm -hmm. you had to do is label the. You had to draw it, but you just had to draw out the silhouette and label the body parts, and then it would um, generate the creatures. Um, the, mm -hmm. I mean, the quality is isn't amazing unless you're really good at being able to draw these silhouettes. But um, th this sort it's of thing, yeah. it's mm -hmm. I don't know. Both of these were so, really interesting, actually, to me. Like this. This last example, actually, I'm very excited about because I remember like four or five years ago, people started creating trading cards for their description and their stats. And the only thing that they had to provide was the images, right? Like we weren't at the stage where we could create realistic in quotation marks because it's all like fantasy things, uh, nice looking images. Um, so, you know, they, they would be able to like sometimes even create new create new mechanics for like the game part of it but mm -hmm. the art of it was completely lacking so now that you know we've made some progress on that side you can you can really start to ramp up on on the creation of these things and bring it back to the selection of things then maybe the that would be quite sad but maybe the job of the content creator becomes more about selection and like rejection of bad things rather than creating new things like the I guess you could you could 
automate some of the creative process there. There's still human input in like them having to draw like shape, draw the outlines and things like that, but that could that could potentially you know fade away with, with yeah, future approaches. Yeah, like the um, the skill required to do something like that is less than the skill required to be able yeah, to draw exactly. a photorealistic monster, mm -hmm. um, which you know part of the appeal of those games is you get these you know this this kind of the um the 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 art and the the artist and the style is is it feels like sometimes it, some 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 bit of humanity has been taken away a bit if that if that process has been mm -hmm. replaced yeah um but it does open the possibility of some really interesting game mechanics like you could mm -hmm. like imagine a game where you have like uh, uh it's they not like not um, like a, a pre-built deck mechanic, but you could have a dominion-like mechanic where you're building the deck as you go, and mm -hmm. the deck is the cards in your deck or or new cards are generated based on the content in your deck. I see. So you only incorporate that mechanic into the game rather than have it be helping in the creation of the game that would then be you know packaged together and sent off. Yeah. So so that's. Uh, that's a really good example of uh, adapt to the mechanics rather than complain about how you know uh, sorry adapt to the change mm. rather than complain about how the change has made older things obsolete yeah so i so i definitely agree with you but uh, bringing back to the earlier point you had of like you used to think of um you know artificial intelligence as helping like uh, as 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 uh, being used by humans to sort of achieve more uh, were you going to follow up that with something? Like, have you changed your mind, or are you still of that uh, opinion? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I used to think that they were helping people, um, and I yes, my opinions changed. I do. I, I I haven't been able to see yet what the next type, what the future of content is. You know, mm -hmm. if someone was saying, okay, what's the what's the what's the new art? What's the new content that that if we're focused on artists here that they're going to create? And you know, because maybe I, you look through history, you see all the different mediums in which we create art. Digital digital um, art is a new medium, mm -hmm. right? That's, you know, in the last like, like 50 years or something. Um, but maybe even like 30 years is like, it really ramped up. Um, but before that, you know, the mediums in which you used were pretty consistent. I, I mean, but correct me if, I, if I've missed anything, but the mediums used were pretty consistent. Maybe the styles changed, but mm -hmm. if we're replacing all those those mediums, like if we're replacing the need to paint, the need to draw, the need to kind of capture the world and put it on a piece of paper, the need to write um, interesting prose to describe what the world and how you perceive it, what is the next medium that humans are going to use to kind of um, you know, uh, kind of project their creativity onto something like mm. I, I just don't mm -hmm. see. I don't see what it is. It feels like it, you you completely replace the um, the the uh, uh, yeah the, the art aspect of kind of humanity. But I don't know. Maybe maybe you've got some thoughts about that. I'm not sure. Yeah. So um, I'm oscillating between the two um, camps of thought because, like, you know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, they've really started to nail down the automation of this process that feels like intrinsically 
connected to human creativity and if you take that away you're gonna make some people sort of being happy you know suffer for like being beaten by a machine sort of thing um the major example there is like with we were too young for chess but like with with goal like thinking about lisa those sort of career post the matches against alpha goal i do think he he may have stopped playing goal if i'm not mistaken i need to double check oh, wow. that but like you can imagine you know being being incredibly good at this thing and then being uh, replaced by a machine must not feel very good yeah but so th that's the kind of like you know they're coming together and they're going to um automate everything and we're just going to be like aimless purposeless humans that are going to be inherently happy because humans do need a purpose to sort of function in a healthy way um i'm sometimes worried like that and so i've been trying to sort of uh, re rephrase things in my mind with that concern uh in focus of like we do seem to keep coming up with new ways of being creative and we do see like smart people being able to incorporate these automated things in their creative process of like creativity is a very hard thing to describe because it's like you know intelligence and creativity for me are quite hard to separate as concepts um of like for me intelligence is being able to take the building blocks that you have and put them in, in new in innovative ways um while also you know being able to 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 understand how those building blocks work therefore being able to understand how you can connect them better with each other mm. um and creativity is a very tightly related concept to that like I, I can't really describe creativity in a much different way um so yeah like uh these intelligent people are able to see these new things not as a um bounding box on the lego set that they have but like as a new lego piece that they can slot into what they have i like uh, so it's it's is again coming back to the thing you said of like why not make the new game which incorporates the mechanic of the infinite generation of new cards right mm. like why be stuck with with this previous thing and then you could argue like okay but well, there's gonna be now an ai for this new type of game that's gonna be become better than humans right yeah um so then I, I could come back and say like maybe maybe somebody comes along and creates a third game that incorporates this new AI on something. Um, but there's also I think because of yeah so the sanctity of sort of like human um, importance and that that doesn't make sense the the sanctity of human invention is also something that in itself does make some activities seem more worth it than others uh for example um there's something not very satisfying about the way ai plays starcraft at the moment so i don't know if you've seen the games of starcraft it's just like starcraft yeah, strategy so, game um, you have, have have you played a game of it I've I've seen StarCraft be played and I sort of know how it functions, but I've never mm -hmm. seen AIs play StarCraft and I've never watched probably more than an hour's worth of StarCraft gameplay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, so uh, Deepmind beat some of the best StarCraft players, I think, the beginning of last year, uh, 2019. Okay. And that was like an incredibly unsatisfying experience for me to watch because the AI was not playing fair, in, in quotations. Um, it was like abusing the fact that it was an AI and that really didn't feel like sportsman-like. Which on the other, on the one hand, on the scientific side of it, is just complete bullshit, right? Like it's whether you're able to achieve a solution to the problem that you have at hand, right? Like the 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 ends justify the means sort of thing. But on the other hand, like as a human, you do relate to other humans more, and therefore you're more impressed by the achievements of other humans compared to like the achievements of 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 an AI that's unhuman-like, mm -hmm. right? So, in a very windy uh, way, I've been trying to get at the point of like, even if an AI is uh, superior than you that's uh, in a way that's unhuman-like, you're not going to be very satisfied with that and you'll probably continue, continue to measure yourself against other humans. If it's superior to you, to you in a human-like way, then that sort of makes playing against it more fun and more like interesting to do, right? Like you can sort of imagine that it's it's another human on the opposite side that's like much much better than you, and you have something to learn from them. Yes, no, I see what you mean. Actually, like part of being human is how we overcome our constraints that we were given, and mm -hmm. what we manage to do with those is impressive. I the constraints of our physical limitations in terms of, you know, endurance or, or sports. The, the, it's always extremely um, impressive when people uh, beat records and push those limits. But also in terms of the fact that simple things like to draw, we have to hold a stick with a ballpoint on the end in a very it, mm -hmm. using these kind of five rods stuck on the end of our hand, and then capture an image of a person and put it onto the page. Um, and someone doing that and with a quality that's, you know, is, is, is good or like, um, uh, or, um, yeah, a well done, like drawing, um, is, yeah, it's, there's actually something quite impressive about it. Whereas if you just, an AI just printed an image of a, a perfect sketch of a person, yeah, there is something less, um, Well, it's, it'd be like, okay, so if you know the underlying mechanics, is it impressive? Like, I find that my knowledge of how the system works and the machine learning and how these models are put together, the math, you know, the theory behind it and stuff, actually makes it quite impressive because of the fact that all that, all that results in this kind of, this, this, um, this functional, like, this 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 functional output like these re photorealistic image generation whereas if i'm looking at it as a person that doesn't know how this works and it's just a black box okay i the machine just generates image i don't know how it works that's not so impressive to me i guess that's actually yeah very interesting because i feel like it's more of like a hill for me or like before i know how something works it's complete magic to me and it's very very impressive it's very intriguing i want to learn more about it mm -hmm. with if i see like style transfer for the first time 
I'm like when I saw self uh, transfer for the first time. I mean, uh, I was incredibly impressed. I was like, this is complete magic, and I I really want to understand how this works. Yes, I know. Because it just doesn't make sense to me, right? Like, yeah. how how are like numbers going to account for the art that I'm I'm experiencing at the moment? Yeah. Um, then as you understand more and more about it, it becomes less and less impressive. Mm -hmm. Right, but then I start to experience what you're describing there of like once you really know the depth of the things that are happening like once you really look behind the veil of like the maths that go into a lot of these things you rediscover the beauty of it right and it's not like it's, it's not the magical beauty now of like seeing a wizard cast spells and being like I really want to be able to you know do these things mm. it's the engineering beauty of like how the fuck are humans so smart that they're able to, you know, understand this. That's one thing. And the second part is like, how the fuck is the universe so fucking elegant in its way of like presenting these things, right? Such that like humans are able to sort of arrive at 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 these things through logical formulations and like deductive reasoning. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right about the points of, you know, first magic, then understanding and perhaps um, uh, disregard, disregarding mm -hmm. it, and then um, kind of another, not, not, a, not, a, not, a, not a magic, more like a, um, a uh, reverence of it. No, I don't know. No, yeah, that's maybe, a good, no, that's a good. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe reverence has like a religious connotation to it, but like uh, some sort of awe. Yeah, in like both human ingenuity and and, and the systematicity of the universe. And I guess you see that in just like actually now that I think about it, if you go back to the sketch example, someone draws a sketch of a person and it's extremely impressive, and then someone breaks it down for you and says, "Okay, first I draw the circle of the face, I draw the circle of the body, I draw the circle of the arms." And then I kind mm -hmm. of begin to fill in the details. I erase these circles, you know, and they go through the steps that they go through. You begin to sort of maybe the the, the initial um, wonder kind of wanes a little bit. Um, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that, but I'm still not. I still I'm still not super concrete actually about what I think about um, whether. Essentially, the question of whether, by knowing the by knowing the process at which the art was created, or the the object was created, does it make it any less impressive? Like, if I know the way in which this painting was made, does it become less impressive? And I want to know this in the context of AI, but I don't really have. I mean, the style example is a good one because I was the same with you in terms of same as you in terms of um, when I first saw style transfer. I thought, Holy crap! This is this is magic. So the, I guess if I think about that, I now I now know what I I now know what that feels like um, in terms of what people are thinking when they see these photorealistic images of faces. Um, but I like where I don't, where were we going on this? We were sort of talking about. So the original thing was like, uh, are humans going to be become obsolete? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yes, to... yeah. That's right, and then you were talking about um, how human, the, the, the human 
the human aspect of the creation is what makes it impressive. The fact that we're dealing with our constraints. To, um, to some extent, I feel that's the case. Yeah. To some extent, and so then that then it then that seems to answer the question of or provide an answer for where are we going to go into the future in terms of how we deal with AI replacing a lot of more a lot of the more kind of human aspects that we we kind of find ourselves being uh, that we admire of ourselves um, and. So essentially, we, in the end, it sounds like you're saying we will end up in this bubble where we will kind of just enjoy the ways in which humans create these things with knowledge that AI will do it better. And so there's we're kind of living in this situation where everything will be created by AI and we just do it for our own enjoyment. Is that so, what you mean? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's very hard to predict what happens at the point of single, like people call it singularity, right? Like when the AI yeah. super intelligence boom happens, it, we can't really see what's going to happen, like what the world's going to be like mm. past that point, right? Like when you create a self-improving agent that is smarter than humans because humans have been able to create it, it should be able to create something better, and then, you know, it's like a snowball knock-on effect thing. So, uh, past that, I think it's it's almost meaningless to be talking about it, unless you're trying to, like, make a very rigorous framework of, like, what the people are doing with AI alignment, of trying to, you know, set up the seeds of that uh, positive feedback, such that it doesn't kill us off. Like, mm. uh, I, th I think you have to be very, very methodical in how you treat the problem in order to be able to make any inference that's going to be worthwhile. So in, with like with that in mind, I'm mostly interested in the stuff leading up to that point where like the AI is still not better than humans in every way. And therefore, you know, like humans can always find and circumvent the, the part that's been automated by the AI and try to incorporate this new tool that they have for their purposes. And that's uh, what I'm currently quite interested in, in doing more of. Yeah. It's like, for example, um, like the, the, the society, I mean, like, uh, they do the, it's like artificial intelligence uh, society and they're trying to, they were trying to make an AI opponent in virtual reality. Um, Whereas I, I, I think like after some consideration of, of, of the limitations of, of virtual reality, I do feel like an AI uh, collaborator in virtual reality may, may make for like a much more interesting experience. Of like virtual reality is not is not fully there yet, right? Like we don't have the, the haptic feedback, so you can't really fight with them in close range. And then if you're uh, fighting in, in long range, then what's the VR component about? Like, right, you can just do something on on a regular computer with that um actually just to I jump like, in really fast yeah Could, so when you're saying an ai in virtual reality though so when you're saying you're talking about a collaborative aspect so there is i i've got a fighting game a boxing game and i am boxing vr with a ai opponent is that mm -hmm. what you're said is that what you mean yeah, that was that was the original idea of it, okay. but like, 
just just so I understand. If, yeah. Okay. If if your opponent isn't real, then you don't really get the physical interaction with them, right? So that's that's problematic. But isn't isn't I just feel like isn't that an independent problem, irrelevant of AI? That's just a VR problem. Yeah, like it could be a wall without any sentience, and you wouldn't really, you know, see anything there. But like, I I guess I guess what I'm saying is what makes the AI interesting in the virtual world compared to something outside of the virtual world would be the a lot of the physical interaction that you would have with them, and then we can't really do physical interaction very well, right? Like I'm talking about an opponent in particular. Maybe I'm wrong there. Like maybe I haven't just considered the correct framing of the problem. Yeah, I'm actually still trying to. I'm still trying to understand the problem and the print because because I am try. I guess I'm trying to understand the problem in terms of where the AI is core to it and why this why this isn't just a a a, a VR a VR problem. So so you're talking about physical interaction. And you're saying that if say there already was haptic feedback, et cetera, in VR, and that was mm -hmm. that was well done, like you could pick up an object and you could feel it um, on your fingers, um, its shape in your hands. Um, mm -hmm. You're saying that the only way we could deal with this in terms of having interesting opponents or interesting NPCs in the game is using AI to actually have realistic behaviors and responses to these sort of um, interactions with a VR person. Yeah, so I mean, AI is a very broad term, so I, I'm going to try to drill down on, on what I mean in particular. Like, I'm made mostly interested in simula simulating intelligent behavior uh, and mostly embodied intelligent behavior uh, in virtual uh, reality, because mm -hmm non-embodied intelligent behavior can be can be like your experience of it would be the same whether you're in virtual reality or on a regular computer for the most part right the virtual reality component of it is like the simulation of the physical space right so uh, I, I think uh, the interesting the interesting part is the the ai with a body yeah and if it doesn't if you can't really interact with that body Yes, in close proximity, right. you're not really uh, getting your money's worth of, of, of the VR experience. Mm, okay, right. so so you're saying that the virtual world essentially gives a an environment in which you could have an AI that can have um, the aspects that we have of a human in our world in terms of Self-aware, like not sorry, not self-aware, no, like um, like um, embodiment. Is that is that what you mean? Like you're trying to circumvent I, the problem of robots. I yeah yeah, you could think about it that way. I think the interesting part of virtual reality is mostly through embodiment, right? Mm -hmm. Like if it's something that doesn't really need the uh, spatial component. All virtual reality then it's just like a gimmick that something is virtual reality right like i can have a uh let's let's think like i can have you sitting on a couch watching a movie in virtual reality yeah but that's not really virtual reality right it's just like 
a gimmick slot slapped on top of a regular movie experience. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, circling back on on that on the uh, thing that I started with, and I, I think I did a bad job of like framing the context uh, well. So thank you for like asking the clarifying questions there. Um, that makes me, f- yeah, that makes me think that until we get that haptic feedback, uh, feed- feedback, you can't really interact with an embodied agent in virtual reality well, if it's, um, if it has a lot of like, um, active physical interactions with you, right? Like talking about martial fighting or, or sword fighting or something like that. Um, yeah. So then to circumvent that problem, I think it would be quite interesting to consider friendly AI, something that you can collaborate with, because, you know, like with friendly AI, um, you can sort of simulate that, right? Even with with the joysticks, you can sort of imagine a scenario in which that friendly AI only interacts with you through your hands or something like that. Um, And that's the other aspect of this is like, if you're trying to make a enjoyable experience for a human, you're often trying to gauge the difficulty of the experience such that the human can both learn and uh, not breeze through the experience, right? Mm-hmm. And with an opposing AI, that means you need to impose a cap on how good the AI is, right? Yeah. Whereas if the AI is friendly, as long as you just make sure that it has different capacities than the human, such that, you know, the AI can't solve everything on its own, for example, like it's too small to, you know, navigate the terrain, such that, and so it needs to, like, you know, be physically on you as you're navigating the, the terrain, but then you can, you can maybe navigate, like, small mazes that you can't really fit through or something like that. Mm. That means that you can make the AI as good as you want it to be, while still allowing for the player to be a part of the experience. Yeah, I really like this um, idea. I've actually thought about it sometimes, where you like you there, where you have an AI that you're collaborating with in some way. An AI, mm-hmm. if you make it interesting enough, the AI solves various problems that you can't solve, but it's um, but it's sort of addictive to. Or, or interesting to watch them solve those problems and how you cross-collaborate. There was actually a game I do know of that did this, not in the virtual reality context, but it was a sort of side-scrolling dungeon crawler. And mm-hmm. you, your goal, was, so the AI would play as the actual character that would do the attacking, and it would go through and just do, you know, I think maybe it was just simply, I just do the best attack that was possible, um, given whatever monster you're fighting Mm. but you would do something such as give the ai certain attack attack sequences that Mm -hmm. was allowed to it like Mm -hmm. certain um i want to say like inventory of attacks you could give it for that round and then you could upgrade it and then you could also change the landscape and then the ai would play the map out that you set up Mm -hmm. for it such Mm -hmm. that it would then beat the monsters Uh, so essentially it's playing the whole game and you're trying to set up the environment so that it can beat the level. So it's this yeah, really interesting yeah. collaboration mm-hmm. where you're not even playing the game, you're playing a meta game. And the AI is exactly, playing the more yeah. 
-hmm. You could almost say the more redundant parts of the game that you might not want to play. So it might be like... It, it doesn't necessarily need to be redundant, actually, but it, in this case it can be made redundant to be able to play a more interesting game. But, um, but this is an example. I mean, it sounds like you... I mean, based on the, <laughs> the noise you just made there, it sounds like maybe you disagree. It doesn't need to be redundant. No, so I may have misunderstood you. I'm not sure what... Uh, did you mean that the player part is redundant or the automated part? Oh, the um, the player... Well, so, like, if I was just to play the dungeon caller by myself and I have to do attack, defense, move mm -hmm. sequences... I mean, it's fun to do, but it is redundant. I'm, 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 being, re I'm being repetitive. And so the okay. AI is... Yeah, I see, I see, I see what you mean. So, yeah. And then if you have your yeah. case of, like, a small little character that can go through tunnels or something that I can't go through... That could be kind of redundant in terms of the fact that I have to navigate through these tunnels. I mean, it's fun, but I could be playing a more interesting game at a higher level. It doesn't mm -hmm. involve having to do these more intricate or redundant puzzles. I don't know. Um, yes, so I really like the example that you that uh, you gave just now because it's like a specific case of of the more general thing that I have in my head of like in the RL context, you are, you have an agent that's trying to optimize uh, utility function, right? Mm. So you can reframe your game playing as giving an adequate utility function for the agent. Yeah. Right, whether that be like uh, designing a level such that the AI uh, navigates it in a certain way, um, or whether it be like, you can sort of imagine uh, giving literal incentives to the AI, like you can imagine you have a fox companion and you have like a chunks of meat and you just throw the meat, you know, in certain places such that like the AI navigates this very difficult to navigate terrain such that it can go and, and get the, the meat and maybe like it stands on a, on a pressure plate or something like that. I yeah. think there's a lot of fun to be had there. Oh, totally. I think this idea, I, I've even thought about how it would be really fun to do like I mean, I don't know where the, the capabilities of this yet. I mean, I know we're not at the capabilities yet, but it could be there where you even have toys that aren't even in the game and you've got like an AI rolling ball and you, in the case of chunks of meat, you know, you place it around and you incent incentivize it to perform certain behaviors and it can learn. Mm -hmm. And there, it's because the AI is not able to, because in this case of RL that you're talking about, because it's not able to arbitrarily solve the problem, you need to give it a reasonable utility function to be able to actually yeah. do it. That in itself is the game you're trying to play. Um, and there's something yeah. really fun about that and satisfying about that um, to tweak it and mess around with it and try to see how it responds and learns based on different setups. And if you can really capture that in the game where it's not, it doesn't feel like it's random iteration mm -hmm. I, that could be a, a really interesting um sort of uh yeah and I, I feel like it's it's quite zeitgeist as well because um we're really straining in the moment to teach ai how to understand what we want right so having a game around that could be a very fun experience right mm -hmm. and the second part of it is like the other way around of like you know ai is definitely not conscious by any stretch of the uh, imagination at the moment, but maybe at some point it will start to have uh, 
what seem like inklings of consciousness. I'm not going to go into Chinese room experiment whether it's true consciousness or not. Mm -hmm. Just you know, think about like what what you perceive from it, and then you start to talk about understanding between you and your like animal companion or something like that, which is like so fucking cool, right? Uh -huh. Like you're not only trying to you know send your dog to do the things but it also has like its own perception of what the world is and maybe like its own sort of uh, desires that you need to accommodate for so then that becomes true cooperation right because like before that it's mostly like just you're you're, you're the the master and it's the, it's the slave sort of performing your um your bidding yeah sort of thing yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. So in this case of the dog, it's sort of that you, you, in this, okay, in the case of the dog going to get your groceries, you have built an, a, a, a um, it doesn't just rely on you, you built a reliance on it in that. Is that what you're saying? In the sense that now what so, it performs is necessary for you to survive and... Exactly, yeah. So a good cooperative game cannot be played well alone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you mean. Wow, this actually now I now we've gone through that. I see now at the end what you mean about virtual reality and AI in terms of this cooperative game mechanic, um, and how if you could, because it's quite hard to get this into the real world right now. Games mm -hmm. are the best platform for RL right now. Games and uh, sorry, yeah. not just game, digital media. I say because mm -hmm. we can do all sorts of tricks to make to to. to fake it right um yeah mm -hmm. that's 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 really cool actually no no now i get what you mean like you could essentially have this dog companion human set up in virtual reality and use that as mm -hmm. the game mechanic and work from work from there oh wow that's that's pretty cool um yeah i like that a lot that's that's and virtual reality essentially essentially bridges that issue of having to try and bring ai into our reality we go into the AI's reality. Yeah, sort of, yeah. It's, it's, it's a crutch for you to be able to do what we can do well at the moment, which mm -hmm. is play games with AI. Uh, and circumvent the issue of, like, robotics is a much, much more difficult problem. It requires much, much more rigor, so this it's is... going to take some time to, to yeah. bring the AI into the real world. This is actually re this is really interesting because we've already got really... Like with the with the stuff I'm working on now, we've already got we've got pretty good physical character motion that you can have now in mm -hmm. graphics, mm -hmm. right? And I'm just imagining a scenario where I go into VR and I've got this physics-based character walking towards me that I can push, or mm -hmm. they can push me, and that interaction itself is actually. <laughs> That's going to be really strange. Um, that's something that would that be insane. Need, yeah, that would be mm -hmm. really. They just walk towards you, and you can push them over, or they or they push you. I mean, you don't have the haptic feedback like you're talking about, but even that sort of level of interaction is pretty cool. That I, I never made that connection till now. That's that would be a really good experiment to do. Um, yeah. I mean. Yeah. You, you just blow my yeah, you blow my mind and I've got nothing to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, 
yeah i, I think that's that's uh, it, it's there's something there i feel like with the current technology that we have which is like non no really physical interaction mm. uh, apart from like what you can experience through the controllers um you can you can probably make quite a good attempt of of, of creating something that you know you can interact through physically maybe like you're carrying a tiny like mouse around and, you know like you can you can just place it somewhere and it just goes off and, and does its own thing um and that would make for a much more immersive experience than than trying to create like an ai opponent yeah yeah or yeah just that that i feel like a mouse yeah a mouse is good but i it just or it was just like a little person if it was a little person, it could be it could be it could be just a tiny person if yeah. it was a tiny person and you you know you could slap this person off the table and they would you know <laughs> that then you would you would feel a, a guilt you know like you've kind yeah of, uh, you can see him guilt. sort of like stand up and brush uh -huh. himself off or something like that yeah or you know he's trying to run to a location and you place your hand in front and kind of you can't get there and there's kind of now you've blown my mind yeah, just imagine like a tiny, tiny <laughs> house or a tiny town or something like that. You just have, like, you can see the, the little agents navigating there. Maybe mm -hmm. it's just the single agent, you know, because computational concerns and stuff like that. But you can literally just, like, block him off, right? And then he's like, what do I do? I'm going to try to climb the wall or something like that. Uh-huh. That would be a really, that would be an incredibly fun game. You just, but, but it, you, and you incorporate the cooperative elements. You're trying to help them, but, you know... At the same time, there is the the side of it where you will want to abuse your power. Um, yeah, and then and, you feel the guilt of it, which is like your actions have consequences. When you're dealing with something that's got a semblance of intelligence, you feel the guilt of like you know playing around with them. I, I really like that actually. Like the more well, the more human-like, like intelligence is a whole different thing. But like the more human-like you make something, the the more kindness he feels like you, you should be you should mm -hmm. be like you can get zero eventually is trying to hide from you oh god I, I actually quite like that terrible person this terrible hand is just trying to um yeah just make my life my life so painful um yeah that's a great actually i write that i'm gonna write that one down because that's a that's a great next uh, next that's the game that needs to be made 